Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert. I'm leaving people. Then Enrique Alvarez Clary. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Into the happy hour, 93.7, the ticket, the ticket fm.com. Nick and Rico with you guys, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline and the Starter Heyman text line, both those open for you guys the rest of the way here. Okay, let's go to the Aloe VIP line, sponsored by Aloe Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with a local heart. And we're joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska, the rival site for the Huskers. Steve, what's crack-a-lacking, man? Hey, Nick, how you doing? I'm doing swell as well as i could be now that we're firmly in the transfer portal season yeah it's uh um gonna get hectic here obviously yeah. just uh bracing for everything over here just uh trying to keep my head on a swivel and uh get through this thing but it's coming yeah tell me about it all and right nick hey. has strong feelings about a lot of players in the portal <laughs> uh, it's a it's a fun um area to uh, talk about and debate that's for sure i mean it's at yeah, any time maybe you know these, these guys head into the portal it's uh you know it can be fun banter for for some but also frustrating for others so i, I totally get it both ways yeah it's, it's also i mean somewhat stressful when you look at a program like nebraska where they where they really need a a guy a signal caller right and then yep you just kind of are wondering i, I think I don't know, Steve, like in the back of, in the back of my, in my mind. And then also like in a, a lot of Husker fans minds, I think just gauging some reaction from our, from our listeners. I think there's some people that are just kind of curious and, and sitting on eggshells here. Like how well is this staff going to be able to identify their next quarterback, whether that's a guy in the portal or whether it is, they decide to stick with somebody uh, in their current room. Yeah. Well, um, you know, if you look back at this year, um, I mean, I, I think it's not a stretch to say that Matt Rule obviously whipped um, on Jeff Sims, so he's 0 for 1 with the transfer quarterback thing mm-hmm. here at Nebraska. Um, so, yeah, it, it kind of makes you wonder about, you know, what, what kind of lessons they learned from the old Jeff Sims saga and, and everything. And, um, you know, if you can um, be like me and, and think that, you know, they're, they're going to be learning from their mistakes and going about things differently and making adjustments and how they go about the transfer portal and, and having, and, and having being better for it um, at, at the other end. And, you know, maybe on the other side, they're going to, you know, maybe not learn as much and uh, just kind of go with, go with their gut and go with uh, the information that they're being given. Um, like they did with Jeff Sims and, and the Georgia tech people and the NFL scouts. So uh, yeah, it, it makes you wonder, um, you know, this is the time of the year, the portals opening up officially uh, December 4th and, um. Yeah, all eyes are going to be on the transfer quarterback uh, spot here because I think Nebraska needs one, maybe two, 
Um, and then that opens up a whole another conversation of, you know, NIL and, and money and, and paying these guys, to, uh, the quality guys to come over here, I should say. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, um, we're going to be gearing up here and it's, it's going to be a conversation, uh, all, all off season. Uh, I think it's going to be, um, really, really exciting and, entertaining to follow along yeah entertaining is a really good word for it uh because we're just i mean what are we like f- less than a week into the off season and and there's already a lot of discussions about nil and all that good stuff so uh, here's the thing steve let's talk about one of the guys that we're kind of expecting to return for nebraska and that's up front on the offensive line and i kind of make this an offensive line discussion because when you look at donovan riola right I, there was a lot of people that were wanting him to get let go at the end of last season, there was a lot of people that didn't think he was capable of doing a job as the offensive line coach. And then those, those murmurs and, and conversations got louder within the fan base when Walter Rouse, you know, switched up and went to, to uh, Oklahoma. You had Micah Mazuka go to Florida, eventually flame out somewhat, but here he is. There was a pretty, it was a pretty competent offensive line this year under Donovan Royola for year two. Uh, they, they bring in Ben Scott, who is a really good piece to that offensive line in addition. And now you go out and the recruiting out of high school has been really good. Obviously Grant Bricks just a few days ago, making his uh, intentions public. And so when you look at Donovan Riola, how, how important and how just pleased are you with his job up to this point through two years? Well, I think he's, he's done an excellent job. I mean, Nick, you laid it out pretty well. He's, um, you know, I, th- I think uh, he's the stronger, I think, guy in the portal than I think I maybe expected going in. I mean, it seems it seems like he really does a, a good job, has done a good job um, in the portal. You mentioned Walter Rousey, Micah Mazuka. Those guys were, I, I swear to God, really, really close to coming to Nebraska until, well, yeah. um, you know, obvious, some obvious things fell, fell through with the other uh, programs. But, you know, it's 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 kind of reassuring to see uh, Donovan have that impact, you know, in the off season in the transfer portal and, and convincing guys to come, to come to Lincoln, Nebraska and help out, um, you know, and, and I think, you know, this, this, this season, especially, you know, for losing Turner Corcoran and Ethan Piper to season ending injuries and having new guys come in, it didn't really seem like there was that much of a drop off, at least to my eyes, uh, which is great to see, especially when you're talking about some of the young guys in that room. Um, they were able to step in and not be not be terrible. I mean, obviously they had ups and downs throughout the season, like anybody would with new pieces along an offensive line. But um, you know, the Justin Evans Jenkinses, uh, the Henry Utovskis, uh, while they weren't perfect out there, um, they weren't really really bad, and that's and that's a good good mm-hmm. sign for Husker fans. I'm I'm really excited to see what happens with. Donovan Rail, I think uh, Matt Rule has been um, impressed with him just listening to how he talks about his offensive line coach. And and I know, you know, um, you know when Rule was hired, all the assistants got I think like two and three year contracts. Um, Donovan Rail only had one, so I'm wondering if we're going to be seeing an extension here, uh, maybe coming up with with uh, Nebraska's offensive line coach. Just you know, from everything like the offensive line getting better throughout the season. Um, the work that he's done in the portal, um, he's been really, really close. And I don't know if um, it was his, um, you know, I don't know if he was able to control some of the things that happened with Walter Rousey and Mike yeah. and Zuka. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when I look at Diamond Rowell and the offensive line, I just see a lot of progress, um, slow and steady progress, which is exactly what you want to see. Well, we're speaking to Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. You brought up something there with with certain recruits and when NIL does come into play right because it, it is active and it is uh, alive and well as we know um how much i wonder 
And this is just kind of an open statement. Like, how much does that affect the way that head coaches view assistant coaches when you do lose a guy strictly to NIL? Because, like, it feels like Donovan Riola, I mean, heck, they got a commitment at one point out of it, uh, did everything he needed to do with a guy like Walter Rouse, but then ultimately just didn't, you know, get the signature on the dotted line. Like, it just feels like how much of that is really in Donovan Riola's control or any position coach's control when it's a situation like that. And I, I just find that kind of fascinating because remember, like we're not really supposed to have a, a core, you know, a connection between the specific coaches and NIL, but you know that in an indirect way, there's conversations happening and there are relationships. So it's just like, it's just such a weird dynamic. It feels like, because no matter who you ask, there's going to be a different opinion on how it should be handled. Yeah. It's a, it's a interesting conversation they had and you're right, Nick, like nobody has the answer. I don't think a lot of people even know um, what's going on and, and what the rules are and if yeah. there are any rules and if anybody is even keep paying attention to rules and being a gatekeeper, um, I don't, I don't really know about any of that, but yeah, like when you're talking about like um, being a head coach and kind of, um, you know, looking at your assistants and kind of judging how well they're doing, when it comes to the NIL factor, I think, you know, I think Rule's got a good head on his shoulders mm-hmm. and he's realistic and he, and he maybe saw Donovan Rale did everything that he could, um, in, in that, in that avenue and then yeah. some other areas of the recruiting process didn't hold up their end of the bargain. So I think that's going to continue, continuously happen throughout the year here. Um, obviously everybody knows NIL is an important deal. It's going to come in, it's going to come into play, uh, for the guys on the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively and for the, uh, quality quarterbacks that are in the port right now. So, you know, to answer your question, it's, it's just an interesting deal coming from the head coach and, and how you're judging the assistants. I think, um, you know, for the most part, for the most part, Nebraska's assistants have done a pretty good job, uh, you know, with everything that they've had to deal with this year, the season ending injuries, the, um, you know, just everything. Um, but, you know, when you're talking about Donovan Rillo specifically, um, you know, I think there's a lot to like there and that's, that's, you know, I don't think a lot of people may have said that a year ago or yeah. maybe when he was first hired because there was a lot of backlash about him. Um, but you know, it's, it's kind of good to see. Um, I don't, I don't, no, I don't want to say like Donovan Rale should be taking a victory lap, but I think, you yeah. know, just looking at the whole picture, um, he's really performed well and that's good to see. Steve, uh, one more football question before we, we talk about Nebraska basketball here in just a few moments. Uh, when Matt rule spoke yesterday, in kind of an end of season wrap up on a, on a pretty lengthy press conference. I was not in the building, uh, but did you get, did, I mean, did your, did your behind get tired of sitting down for almost an hour listening to Matt rule? I came in prepared ready for <laughs> uh, like an hour uh, nice. interview. Uh, I was hoping that he was going to keep it maybe to like 30, 35 minutes or something. Yeah. But he went over that and that's totally fine. It gives us more content well, it, to ex- produce and everything. I, exactly. So, I mean, one thing that Matt Rule did say is that he he's going to have meetings, obviously, with his, his, his offensive staff and he's going to evaluate, uh, you know, position coaches and, and titles and stuff like that. Do you forecast or foresee – any changes coming in, in terms of like who's leading position groups? I mean, obviously the big one is like Marcus Satterfield and whether or not he's going to be quarterbacks coach or, or whatever you want to call it. Like, do you see any changes actually happening or them trying to go out and, and maybe get a, a new tight ends coach since Josh Martin was elevated in the last second or, or a specific quarterback coach and moving somebody to analysts. Like, do you see anything specific happening if you had to put your, your prediction hat on? Yeah, if I put my prediction hat on, I think they're 
Um, could be some movement with Satterfield, not as offensive coordinator. He'll still be that yeah. next year, but just the position that he'll coach. I mean, you're absolutely right. I don't think that was the original plan coming into this season with, with uh, Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield to have him be the quarterback's coach, but the way things fell through and, and maybe some plans didn't come to fruition, that's that's why he was had that quarterback coach um, tag slapped on him. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. The next one that I would maybe guess would be Josh Martin, uh, the mm-hmm. tight ends coach. Um, you know, maybe maybe they go out and get another one. Uh, maybe they shuff, shuffle some more guys around. But, you know, I – just looking at Matt Rule and listening to how he wants to maybe build to, to how he wants to build his program. He talks all the time about promoting from within yeah. and, and keeping guys inside the program and giving them opportunities. And it, it just helps make that culture stronger every single season. And, you know, it, it might be a better idea to do that opposed to hiring somebody from the outside um, to come in and, and kind of do their thing. But, you know, that's what happened with Tony White. Tony White had never worked with Matt Rule um, either before this season, and, and it turned out pretty well. And, and um, Tony Tony brought some good good guys behind him, along with him um, from Syracuse, a couple GAs, and uh, I think Bill McGreary, um, to a former head coach over at uh, San Diego FCS program for a long time over there. So he had he had a lot of help um, installing his defense, and it's been kind of a team effort over there. But yeah, if you were to ask me, put my prediction hat on, I think uh, we might see Mark Satterfield coaching a different position, but still being the OC, and then. Um, I don't know what Josh Martin. I think he um, did about as well as he could with the situation he was given. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll see what um, Matt Rule chooses to do with some of those behind the scenes people too, with the analysts, like you said. All right, Steve. Let's talk. Let's talk basketball. Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska joining us on the Allo VIP line. Uh, let's talk Husker hoops because there's a big one, uh, biggest one so far of the season against uh, top twenty Creighton. Creighton actually has a game tonight against Oklahoma State down in Stillwater. So that's something for Husker fans to keep an eye on. But Sunday, they'll be up here in Pinnacle Bank Arena. Now, I, correct me if I'm wrong. The, is the most intriguing matchup here, one-on-one matchup, between Ryan Kalkbrenner and like a rink mast in this situation? Because we remember how well Derek Walker shut down Ryan Kalkbrenner last year. And I'm, I'm really fascinated to see this rink mast ver- or rink mast slash Josiah, Josiah Alec versus Kalkbrenner type of matchup against Creighton on Sunday. Yeah, you're right. Um, that's that would be the matchup that I'm looking looking at most. Uh, you know, that's going to be a good one uh, with Paul Brenner and Mass. It's just kind of two two big guys going at it with different skill sets. Obviously, Paul mm-hmm. Brenner has a size advantage, but I think Mass has has a skill advantage, and he can do some different things. And we'll see how Creighton chooses to chooses to play that uh, pick and roll near the top of the top of the um, arc. You know, with Rink Mass and, and whichever ball care, ball handler they they want to have is, is Colt Brenner going to, you know, stay in the lane or is he going to go up and, and contest a, a mass three-pointer? That's going to be kind of one of the bigger, um, more important areas of the game that I'll be keeping my eye on is how they choose to play, how Creighton chooses to play rink mast. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really interested to see Baylor Shireman too. I know he's leading the team with 18 points per game around there. Um, he, he shoots it at a high clip. Um, sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. I'm, I'm anxious to see, how Nebraska um, really kind of defends Baylor Shireman because, you know, I think Nebraska's got some defenders that can maybe get under his skin and maybe cause him to, to have an off night too. Um, but obviously Creighton has way more than, way more power, firepower than uh, Baylor Shireman. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, yeah, you're right, Nick. The, the main matchup in my, in my opinion is, you know, how, how Nebraska chooses to play Ryan Kalkbrenner and vice versa, um, how they want to play rink mass because I think he, he might be a, um, maybe like a, your ace card to see 
um, the, the the guy out there that makes maybe the most differences is Rink Mass. So it's going to be one hell of a basketball game. I, I really yeah. think so. That place is going to be rocking. TVA is going to be splashed in red. Um, it's going to be really loud, and I can't wait for it. Now, it feels like uh, these next four games for Nebraska, we're, we're going to get an opportunity to learn a lot about the Huskers. Uh, obviously, I mean, they've they've passed every test to this point, maybe not in the prettiest of fashions, but they've kept opponents at arm's length. Now, these next four games, right, you, you have obviously uh, the Creighton game at Minnesota, Michigan State at home, and then you travel down to Manhattan, Kansas. Is that game at Bramlage or is that in the, the T-Mobile Center? I think it's the T-Mobile Center, okay, but so, you'll so, have to check me no, on that no, one. Nonetheless, they go they go on the road, whether it's a neutral side or road game, they go on the road to, to face Kansas State. Um, when you look at these next four games, and then even if you want to throw in the North Dakota and South Carolina State games to end the 2023 calendar year, I was telling Rico earlier in the week, like, this is a big opportunity. At worst, you would like to go into this 2024 year of like with an 11-2 and two record, and that just really doesn't feel out of the realm of possibility with this team because they've been able to do kind of everything we've expected them to, which is start seven and zero against talent that, or, you know, against programs that they should beat. Now it's time for the bigger test and maybe get a little bit edge back on defense. Like Fred Hoiberg said. And that Kansas state game is in the Bramlage center. Okay, so you nice. are correct there, Nick, but yeah, you're absolutely right. The, uh, this upcoming stretch for Nebraska is, is absolutely massive. And it's, I think it's going to tell us more, um, about this team than those seven wins previous yeah. did, um, you know, because you know Lindenwood, Florida A and M, Ryder, Stony Brook, Oregon State, Duquesne, and Cal State Fullerton. If you uh, you know put those record records all together, um, it's a losing record. It's not close yeah. to five hundred. So you know when you look at Creighton, Minnesota, Michigan State, Kansas State, those are big board programs, right? And so it's, mm-hmm. it's, they're going to have kind of similar. Um, they're going to absolutely have similar um, athleticism uh, to Nebraska and, and kind of similar players. So it's going to be really kind of telling how, how first of all, that Creighton game goes. And then, yeah, you're right into Big Ten territory with Michigan, Michigan State, a really tough Kansas State team out of Big 12. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right, Nick. They did everything that we that they needed to do in that first stretch of the season, 7-0 and against teams that they should beat, and they beat them. So that's good, and I think they showed some really good things defensively. Um, and, and as we all know, defense kind of travels a lot better than offense does in this game. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, like like I said, that Creighton high-flying offense that they have, yeah. uh, what's that going to look like against the Huskers? Because the Huskers have some dogs on defense, and uh, we'll, we'll see if they can keep up, keep up with the Blue Jays. Um, but then once it, gets to, once it gets to Minnesota and Michigan, that's where the toughness starts to come in, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's going to be really interesting to watch. But I think there's uh, you know, Nebraska, Fred Horberg in his fifth year, they, they, they are off to a really good start and um, kind of just finally getting that early season momentum that kind of always escaped the program to begin with uh, to start things off. So it's good to see him go 7-0, and but yeah, you're right. Uh, Creighton, Minnesota, Michigan State, Kansas State, those four games right there is going to tell us a lot more than those first seven games. Did. Yeah, yeah, being realistic, I think you feel pretty good about it if you can take two of those four. Yep. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. If you can get out of that four game stretch with a 500 record, um, you're sitting golden. All right. Before before we let you go, just to kind of brief really quickly here. Uh, thoughts on new coaches, right? Indiana just got a great guy uh, in Signetti from from James Madison. I give the John. I'm a huge Jonathan Smith fan. I give the Jonathan Smith hire an A plus at Michigan State. Um, I don't know about you. Where, where are you at on on a couple of the hires? 
Okay, so let's go with Jonathan Smith first. I'm I'm with you, Nick. I love it. I, I'm a huge Jonathan Smith fan, and I think, you know, Michigan State made a smart, savvy hire here because, you know, look at where Jonathan Smith came from, yeah. Oregon State. Um, that's a state that has a big brother, little brother kind of program dynamic there. Um, so there Jonathan Smith knows exactly what to do as a little brother in the state of Michigan, and I think he's going to, um, you know, it might be it might be rough for first year. I'm kind of predicting that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I just think that he, he's a guy that, that is a really good coach who's going to come in with a plan of how to be successful as a little brother in that state. And, you know, I, I think it's a really solid hire, and I think he's going to be winning um, once that second year hits. Um, as as uh, uh, Kurt Segnetti, I'm, I'm with you as well. That's a really good hire. I think Indiana did a really good job because what he's done at James Madison kind of um, driving the ship there as they transition from FCS to FBS. And, mm-hmm. and you know, they've, they've killed it this year. I mean, James Madison is, is really fun to watch. They're fun to keep up with. Um, he's, he's kind of a small school guy back back in the day, but he's got some big school experience. I think he worked at Alabama, NC State, uh, um, some of those programs over there. So it's good to see him finally getting his, his I guess, opportunity at, at being a head coach at a Power 5 program and especially one in the Big Ten where there's a lot of stability. So um, Indiana, uh, you know, I, I think uh, they did well. They did well there with Kurt Segnetti. He's a, he's a really good one. Yeah, I would completely agree. All right, Steve, we'll go ahead and let you go, man. Uh, the Cubs are in talks with uh, Tyler Glass now, so that's a name that's uh, – the Rays have to dump $25 million, though, uh, before before it can get done. Do you like Glass now? Yes, I do. He – uh, um, yeah, I, I really like him. He's a he's a big he's a big starting pitcher that I, I think, like him. Um, yep. You know, you can really kind of maybe rely on throughout the season. So I'm I'm all for those guys. Yep, Glassdale and Shohei Otani, the two people when, on uh, the Cubs stove. When all and of- I think yeah, and I think uh, one one random thing about Glassdale, he's like um he's he's like a a twin of one of the actors in Hollywood. What's his name? Do you guys know? Oh he's no way! Ringing any bells with you? Cillian no. Murphy. That's who it is. Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, no clue. The autograph now looks exactly like Cillian Murphy, who um, is a really, really good actor. That's so incredible. Who's um, you know wondering about that? Uh, Google his name and and put the two together. It's, uh, yeah. it's uh, impeccable. When, all right, uh, Steve. when all the Cubs news breaks, Steve, just you, you and Nick can just do the week of shows because I don't, I don't want to be around <laughs> Nick when that happens. Hey, it's better than being a Yankees fan. <laughs> That's nothing what I is say. Be- nothing is better than being hey, a Yankees fan. Hey, Steve, you're more than welcome <laughs> to come on in anytime. I know you got a you got a kid at home. I mean, you're more than welcome to bring your daughter too. All right, we'll see if Shay's down for it. Sweet, there you go. All right, Steve, we'll see you Sunday, man. All right, thanks, Nick. Thanks, Rico. There he is, Steve Mark, inside Nebraska. Let's take a quick break. Uh, we're getting yelled at from Strick and Austin in the other room, so let's go and take our break. We'll bring back with the crossovers. Get ready for on the block coming up next. Download our app by searching 93.7 a ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 the ticket and the ticketfm.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 